This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Here's Spironi, who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson! Oh, yes! Back of the nest! Happy New Year and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I'm joined by Albert Curley and Sam Heskiff to build you up to the most definitely not a London derby match against Watford this weekend. A lot has happened since we last previewed that now famous trip to the Etihad, so we'll catch up on all of the goings-ons from the past few weeks, and boy oh boy, is there a lot to catch up on. Townsend has scored probably the best goal you'll ever see from a Palace player, Hennessy has produced the biggest gaffe of his Palace career, and Ayu has scored. Twice. There have been some outgoings, and we'll focus on the departure of Jason Punch into Huddersfield Town. And then it's into previewing and predictions as we prepare to welcome Wilfred Zaha's biggest fans to Sellhurst. Let's smash it like Townsend. Yes, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Is it 2019? Can you believe it? Um, we are in the year of the original um, Blade Runner. Albert, did you work on that film? Well, the original one. <laughs> and that is Albert Curley. Welcome. You no, no holidays. Get them all the way out, out of the way over Christmas. Yeah, it didn't go anywhere. Like I don't ever go anywhere, actually. <laughs> did have some time at home just with the family. Um, I could have recorded a podcast every day if you wanted, but you lot didn't fancy it. Ah, well, um, yeah, basically, we, we had a rest, a well-needed rest, and the listeners probably needed a rest from our voices, especially the very nasally one of Sam Heskiff. Yeah, by the way, the pod that I missed when you were previewing the Man City game, the first thing that was talked about was my nasal voice and how high it is. <laughs> um, so no thanks to Mike Scott. And his oh. deep, gravelly tones. Oh, of course you didn't preview the Man City game. Perhaps the, or me, both of or you. No, you did. It was me. It was me, you, and um, Mike. I'm pretty sure it was. I was yeah. busy at the theatre. 
watching a terrible play, right? Watching a terrible play, yeah. <laughs> still, still better than an uh, evening with Albert, to be fair. Okay, before we tuck into this, let's hear what you're drinking. Damn, I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm going to leave you three to it, man. Right, we'll start with you, Heskiff. Well, I made a trip to the Sainsbury's by the ground a couple of weeks ago, so I'm still polishing off my um, Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Oh, you say it correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Albert, are you like me doing dry January? Uh, I'm not doing dry January. I, I, I have a problem, you see. It's the. Um, it's not really a problem. The sister-in-law's birthday is on the 2nd of January, and we always go out for it, so I need to have a drink there. So I kind of do a little bit of dry January, but I have to just bleed it into Feb for a couple of days just so it actually counts. Mm. So I'm technically I'm not doing dry January, but you know I have gone up a a, a, a notch on the belt, shall we say, <laughs> over the festive period. So uh, battening down the hatches on anything fun. Yeah, I, d- I just decided on the 1st of January that I was going to do it and was immediately regretting it by the 2nd, but I've managed to stick it out to the 10th so far. Um, I probably will fail if we um, beat Liverpool at Anfield in a couple of weekends' time. Uh, I'll definitely, um, much like when we beat Steven Gerrard in his last game there, I was drinking Prosecco from the bottle through a straw on the way back, so um, it'll probably be much of the same again if that happens. Uh, right, so let's catch up on what's been going on since we've been gone. It's, wow, well, well, we'll keep it brief because it's all been covered and it's all long ago now, but Heskiff, that win at City, unbelievable. Yeah, completely unexpected, wasn't it? Um, we only went um, because Vanessa, my wife, hadn't ever been to the Etihad and she wanted to sort of tick it off the list. So we just said, let's just go, get it out of the way. We'll get, you know, Palace will get battered and we'll... You know, that'll be the end of it. Little did we know um, we'd see a win. Yeah, like you said in the intro, probably the best goal I've seen live ever. Mm. Um, And your constant heckling of me from two rows back. Yeah, it's the um, third game this season, I think, where we've been sat right next to each other and we've won all three. So maybe there's something in that. But of course, what was brilliant about the Townsend goal, there was loads of videos doing the rounds of commentary from different parts of the world. It was put over the Titanic music. But, um, you know, to your French heritage, uh, Sam, I I thought we'd played a French commentary at the Townsend goal. Much appreciated. Let's give it a listen. C'était plutôt bien frappé entre le point de penalty et le 6 mètres. Et du coup, l'impossibilité pour Ederson d'intervenir. Deuxième Magnifique. So, um, ooh la la, ooh la 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 la. I didn't realize French people actually said that. I thought it was a stereotype. Yeah, it's funny actually. I spend most of my time walking around my house saying ooh la la. <laughs> I just, I try and, I try and limit it when I'm on the pod. And the general gist of it, something about a goal from another planet. Yeah, best goal of the season in in the Premier League. Uh, it's a goal from another planet. Mm. Albert, enjoy that. We. Oui. <laughs> um, but then in typical Palace fashion, we come back from beating City 3-2 and um, we draw at home to Cardiff in a nil-nil. Um, 
obviously created a lot of chances, but didn't score there. And then obviously didn't score in the Chelsea game that followed at home, which means um, we've now drawn a blank in seven of our 10 home games in the league this season. We'll get into that later. And then um, an absolutely fantastic result result up at Wolves. Um, Albert, a bit of a weird team. Um, I didn't know what to expect while I was going there, but we really bossed that game. Yeah, it was nice to... Nice to see us go away. You know, the Cardiff game was a was a shame not to get all three points. And Chelsea's one of those sort of dead rubbers. And you hope for a point at best. But you know, Wolves. It's you know, it's very well documented how Wolves have been doing this season. They've turned over much better teams than us, and they have turned over teams like us. So it was nice to sort of go there and almost get on a level playing field. Obviously, they they got the points at our place. It was nice to go there and and you know fully deserved. Um, come away with a win, so that that was quite a that was quite a nice surprise. Uh, Heskiff, we had the delights of the club coach up there because of um, trains getting back very late to Euston. How, how did you enjoy the the three and a bit hour journey up to Wolves? Well, we certainly um, made the most out of being on a coach. I mean, we were on it for long enough, weren't we? Uh, but for, it's the first time I've done it since I can't even remember since I was a teenager, probably. Um, not my preferred mode of transport to a game, if I'm honest. But, you know, we got the win, didn't we? So getting home to bed at two o'clock in the morning was slightly uh, slightly nicer than it would have been if we'd have lost. Mm. Yeah, it was a lot easier taking the coach during dry January. So um, it was certainly everyone around me was absolutely definitely drinking with um, pouring bottles of vodka into Burger King cups and so on. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a bit round the houses and, you know, I I get that mode of transport if you're um, a parent with a young kid and or if you're an older person. But God, I don't think I'll be doing that for, for some years to come just yet. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> we beat Grimsby just about. Um, I felt a bit bad for them, really. Um, I thought it was uh, very touching at the end when we clapped them off. Um as they walk towards the Homesdale, the Grimsley players. But I enjoyed also that at the same time as clapping, most of the Homesdale were singing, you dirty Northern bastards. It was like, you know, we we respect your performance and we realised that, you know, a couple of years ago, 10 years ago, we weren't that far apart in terms of, you know, well, you think 15 years back, Grimsley were pushing for the Premier League um, in and around the playoffs every season um, back in the old Division 1. So, um yeah, it was a nice bit of respect shown, but also letting them know that they are indeed dirty northern bastards. And I did enjoy it. <laughs> them singing We Piss on Your Fish. That was um that was seemed to be their theme song of the day. Uh we've had some outgoings. Uh, we'll touch on Jason punching in depth in a little bit, but um Sorlot's gone out on loan. Albert he scored twice a day in a in a training match against Holston Kill of the Bundesliga two. <laughs> uh yeah, like well, as I, as I said, it's, it's nice that he's found his level, you know. Um, and obviously, Johnny Esther has finally departed um, Crystal Palace to move north to Charlton. Um, <laughs> the Homesdale Fanatics is that the same moving north as Ian Dow? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Homesdale Fanatics at the Grimsey game held up a banner um, for Johnny Williams, which he was delighted with. But now that this season, Heskiff with sung the name of a Brighton player and now a Charlton player. Are we, are we going soft in our old ages? Yeah, it sounds like we are, doesn't it? Um, wouldn't, wouldn't have, if you'd have said that before the start of the season, you probably wouldn't have uh, put any money on it. But, you know, obviously Johnny Esther's 
everyone loves him, don't they? I mean, we all wanted him to get over his injuries and, and do it for Palace, especially in the Premier League. But I think for him, it's the best It's the best scenario. You know, we all love him. We always will. He should. I mean, it's a big if with him, but if he stays injury-free, he should, he should boss it for the next six months in, in the third division. And, um, you know, obviously wish it wasn't Charlton, but... They're no threat to us anymore, are they? <laughs> exactly right. And the last real bit of news that come out this week is that obviously Pat Soiree, um, no luck whatsoever, has injured his shoulder in the Grimsy game and has had, had an operation on that. So he will be out for a few months. So uh, get well soon, Pap. <sighs> now it's to... Um, let's touch on the Wayne Hennessy uh, accused Nazi salutes um, in... Max Meyer's Instagram post, uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, um, in the background, uh, it appears that Wayne Hennessy is doing a Nazi salute in the background and Max Meyer's picture for Instagram, of course, Max Meyer is German. Um, Wayne Hennessy came out and denied it in a, a two-tweet post or an Instagram post as well, saying, yesterday evening I had a meal with my teammates and we had a group photograph. I waved and shouted at the person taking the picture to get on with it. At the same time, I put my hand over my mouth to try and make the sound carry. It's been brought to my attention that frozen in a moment by the camera, this looks like I'm making a completely inappropriate type of salute. I can assure everyone I would never, ever do that. And any resemblance to that kind of gesture is absolutely coincidental. Love and peace, Wayne. Uh, Albert, I'll start with you. Are you buying any of that excuse? Oh, dear, Wayne. Uh, listen, you kind of, you have to, listen, uh, he's not, he, he's, he's clearly not a, a, a Nazi. He's clearly not a fascist. However, you know, he's come out and denied it. So you kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt. However, I, I yeah, I don't buy it for a second. It's it's a little bit too convenient. They say it's Max Meyer's Instagram post. He's like directly behind him doesn't look like you know i don't i don't go around shouting at people who are too far away to hear me but if i did i'm not sure i'd that's the style i'd adopt mm. uh yeah it kind of he's going to he's going he's, he's not going to come out and admit that's what he did i you know i don't think i think we'd be naive if he was going to do that so he has to come out and deny it or he has to say nothing which almost looks worse but you know it's stupid um if he indeed that's what he has done, which, you know, I think it speaks for itself. Of course, someone produced a picture on um, Twitter showing um, Wayne Hennessy holding his hand up and a, what I don't know if he's shouting or whatever with his hand over his mouth in a sort of similarish gesture. But um, do you think one picture like that, just like one picture on the other side, Heskip, is enough to say, oh, he definitely wasn't doing a Nazi salute because of this picture? <sighs> Not for me. I mean, it was... The picture of him during the game, it, I mean, it did look slightly similar, I suppose, but it's such a, you know, there's such a stigma attached to it, obviously, as there should be. So, it, like, I've never raised my arm like that or put my hand over my mouth like that. It's just not a natural thing to do. Um, and, yeah, like Albert said, you know, at, at worst, he's a Nazi, which I don't think he is. I don't think anyone thinks that he is. At best, he was an idiot. For doing it and I think he's yeah you know in in a season where he'd actually won quite a lot of people over by performing better on the pitch he's undone a lot of that work if not all of that work by his sort of silly 
uh, you know, signage or whatever in this photo. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. We've been trying to get rid of him for years, and back spasms and a Nazi salute is probably going to do for him. Who would have thought? But um, if he starts goose stepping next time he takes a goal yeah. kick, then we know you know it's not a coincidence. But you know. But yeah, my, my stance on his, I know look, exactly as you say, he's not a Nazi. I don't think anyone's saying that he's a Nazi. Um, but obviously long-term listeners of this pod will know that I am married to a German lady and we've been together over five years now. And I've witnessed it time and time again since I've been with her. It's just terrible British banter. It's just all we seem to have whenever there is a German. They People can't seem to contain themselves or hold in these jokes. And um, obviously, I don't suggest that my wife speaks for the entire German race. And I know um, all of her friends are of a very similar opinion as well. But for poor Max Meyer in that picture, you know, do you know how hard it is for Germans of our generation to put up with this? That they've constantly told that they're, you know, they're Nazis and even of just banter to be associated with those horrible crimes that took place during that period of like something that they can't absolutely do anything about and would never ever do or dream of doing. And they constantly have this banter thrown at them. So I just think it's very, very poor taste from Wayne Hennessy and something that it, it's been blown way out of proportion. I think it, it's much better that just Max Meyer sits down and has a two minute conversation with him and makes him realize the errors his way, as opposed to his career being dragged through the mud and so on, because there are thousands of people around the country making the same sort of joke day in, day out without actually being Nazis, but just being foolish and not really realizing the further connotations of what, what the salute means. And of course it's now 2019 and, you know, PC rules the way and there's extremes on each side of it and um, maybe people think it's too too far uh, the way people have been battering it in whatever but people just need to realise everyone understands the connotations of things these days and um, you know what might have been okay 10 years ago doesn't slide anymore anyway I'm ranting quite a lot there aren't I so let's let's move on to something a little bit more light-hearted to finish this section um perusing on CPFC forever um how do I describe this Facebook group um and it's entertaining to say the least but um someone posted a picture of a signed Aki Riolati shirt on there and it said so my uncle gave me this shirt yesterday he's had it up on his wall since I can remember does anyone remember this player? I have no clue who he is, and it was worn and signed by the player on the back. Was he even good? I've never heard of him. <laughs> um, Heskiff, is that kind of like someone of our age group saying we've never heard of Jim Cannon or Jeff Thomas or something? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, I was scratching my head when I read that. <laughs> um, I, I mean, he was such a character when he was playing with us, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone knows who he is. Mm. Um, so yeah, age is not, you know, age is not an excuse as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he was obviously around for a fair amount of time and considered to be, you know, a palace, at least um, folk hero or some will say legend. And um, yeah, to not know who he is is a bit strange. I tweeted it to him and said, I'm having a word, Aki. And he said, don't worry, I don't know who he is either. <laughs> and, um, and then something got dredged up from, uh, a couple of years back Albert see if you can guess what the second touch was so he said football's a two touch game first touch is attempt to control it what was his second touch 
another attempt to control it. <laughs> Tackle. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so he's a hero. Yeah. How can you how can you not know who he is? He's been, he's been on this podcast for God's sake. He's a legend. Yeah, exactly. Stockport, Millennium Stadium. Absolute legend. Love love the guy and um, Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal, exactly. And if you um And my personal favourite is the banger against Wimbledon at Sellers Park. Oh right? quality goal, that one. I remember that. Yeah, you can find that on YouTube. Absolute Thunderbolt. Um and if you've never looked, uh, search in Google Aki Realati blog. And um, there is some absolute gold in that blog from when he used to write about his time as being a footballer. So we'll end that section there. And when we come back, we're going to get into talking about Jason Punchin. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Joel Ward invited to shoot by the fans. Here's Punchin. That was well collected and brilliantly finished. It was Jason Punchin's time. And Punchin it is. Of course! Joe Hart went across, couldn't reach it. It's suddenly 2 0 Crystal Palace. And will that punch be a knockout blow for Manchester City? Well, he did it against Manchester United. And he goes the other way to do it against Liverpool. That is a goal of real quality from Jason Punchin. Yes, so if you haven't heard the news, um, Jason Punchin has departed on loan to Huddersfield Town for the remainder of the season and um, it's effectively taken over his contract and uh, he will not be getting a new one at the end of the season. So effectively his time at Palace has come to an end. Uh, we just heard some commentary there of some of the iconic goals he scored for Crystal Palace. and. Um, Heskiff, start with you. Just a general feeling with him when you heard the news that he was departing? Yeah, I mean, I think sort of similar to John Yester, really. I think it's a, I understand why he's going. Um, I think in terms of his impact on the current 11 or 15, it's, you know, pretty limited. He's obviously not had much game time this season at all. Um, But he goes with, yeah, a lot of good wishes from me. I think he's been brilliant especially in the first couple of years or three years that he was with us. Um, you know, I think he'll, he, he's probably not the signing that Huddersfield want because he's not a sort of flashy name or a striker, I guess. But I think he'll do well with them. And if he does carry on with them next season, if and when they go down, I think they'll have picked up a really good player. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he responds playing regularly after his injury because that's obviously a fair old whack to the knee at um, this stage of his career. Um, And what about you, Albert? Um, Sort of same sentiment, right time for him to go, but uh, thankful for what he's done. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know at one one point it was a hot topic on the the regular review show, you know, um, became a bit of a, not a whipping boy, but, you know, people questioned his is a sort of input and did he slow us down and you know the the punch and point was often <laughs> a you know a bone of contention but you know all you got to do is you know that that little highlights reel you know that those goals alone uh you know very 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 memorable moments you know 
I don't. I wasn't at the FA Cup final, you know, in 1990. So I could, you know, I've seen Palace at an FA Cup final and became very close to winning it. And the person who scored the goal was Jason Punchin. And and sort of a, a sort of little memory for me was before that game. We all, obviously we knew he started on the bench. He uh, he must have had some. I'm assuming it was a relative. I think it might have been his, even been his mum. He sort of came over to the hoardings before kick off and. Uh, yeah, I think it was, his mum went down to the front and they had a, like a the really long hug over the hoardings, and you could tell it was a big occasion for him. So that was like a personal, you know, personal highlight. To say that you know he he really he really did sort of you know he was a very important player for us. But like like Sam said, you know Johnny Esther, it's it's time to move on. And whilst it's whilst it's sad, I have to say we've we've got a habit of holding on for people too long for sentimental reasons. And I'm not saying we should have shipped him out earlier, but. You know, people like Damien Delaney probably been at the club a bit too long, and and Williams probably should have gone a couple of seasons ago if you know if there was a buyer. So I think I think it's it's good to see us moving players on, and and hopefully that means we're trying to bring younger or at least new you know new talent in. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, I've got to touch on further up the Jordan Much also left in the time that we last recorded. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> That's enough of a mention of that. Um, but for all of it, all that Jason Punchin's done um, for us, Heskiff, is he going to still be most remembered by his career for his number two? <laughs> it's definitely one of the best songs that's ever been sung at a football match, I think, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, do you remember that, Albert? His, yeah, or it's either his number two or his set two outside that nightclub. Oh, well, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, but what's um, weird about Jason Punchin, who probably um, will, I don't know, maybe maybe people will see him as a legend, uh, certainly a very important player for the club over the time that he's been here. But um, going back, he scored a hat-trick against us, Albert, for Millwall. <laughs> it's, weird, it's weird that a Palace icon can be someone who's done that in the past. The death of George Burley. It not, was. Not, 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 not literally, but yeah. career-wise, well, yeah, was that on Boxing Day? Uh, New Year's Day. It was, on New, it was on New Year's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because we New Year's Day lost 3-0 there to the punch and hat-trick. And then on New Year's Eve in the same year, we went back there and won 1-0 to, with a Jermaine Easter goal. Oh, yeah, the Jermaine Easter special. Yeah, but then, you know, arguably that punch and hat-trick kick-started where we are now in terms of getting rid of Burley and then Friedman took over and then the rest is history, really. So, um, But... There could be an argument, Heskiff, that you'd be more remembered for that penalty at White Hart Lane. Oh, God. I was there for that game. I was, honestly, it took me about two days to figure out what he'd actually done. <laughs> uh, to, to be honest, you know, we, you mentioned earlier today that we'd be talking about punch. And I'd completely forgotten about that penalty. So, thankfully, when you mentioned, you know, like think of, you know, what you want to talk about. It's all the good goals that he scored rather than that atrocious penalty. That's that's what my penalties look like, by the way. So maybe I've got an affinity with him for playing football like me for like 10 seconds during the game. Yeah. What was interesting about that penalty is that um, it ended up with him having a war of words with Neil Warnock, who... Um, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, on the radio said that, um, you know, just having a go at punching for missing that penalty in the fashion that he did. And, uh, you know, like Match of the Day laid into him as well. Everyone laid into him. But then Jason Punchin, obviously, um, was he waded into Warnock, suggesting that he was one of those managers that will take a cut of people's appearance uh, 
Um, he obviously withdrew the claims after and um, got a bit of a fine for it and so on, but um, no smoke. Who, who took over as manager? Yeah. What was that, about 18 months after? <laughs> yeah, So, but before then, obviously... In that season, our first season under Tony Pulis is where he really, really, really shined, and um, he scored seven. He's scored seven winning goals across his Palace career, and um, some of them were really important. One one nil wins. So if you think back to that season, we beat Stoke one nil, Hull one nil, Aston Villa one nil, and we beat Cardiff three nil. And he scored a brace in that game, and those were extremely important goals. Um, I think back to that Villa one was really late on and we absolutely needed to win our home games back then. And he just, every time we needed an important goal in an important game against the teams that were around us, Jason Punchon was the one who stepped up and scored those goals. And then obviously he was on the score sheet in that very, that infamous game at Goodison Park when we won 3-2 and reached a 40-point mark and guaranteed survival. So, um, And the Norwich game as well. Yeah, well, that's before, before the cup final. Yeah, that's yeah. Little, let, let me get there, mate. It's a little bit further on. All right, all sorry. Right. <laughs> we're just doing a, com- a complete history of Jason Punchin. Well, you know, can you just just respect the timeline? Alex? I'm over him now. Can we move on? <laughs> but um, that three 0 win at Cardiff, Heskiff, that was um, that was a special day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I was there with a few of my mates, and the last time we'd been there was that uh, cup semi final which was a, an awful game. Um, so, and you know, at the time, obviously Wilf was playing for Cardiff, but both teams weren't doing great. Um, and we just turned them over. And, and, and that that second goal that he scored was just oh, just a peach, you know, as soon as he left his foot, you know, it was in. And it, it was a great end to the game. And it was sort of a show that actually, even though we were winning some games 1-0, we were capable of really performing well in the top flight. And, you know, I think what <clears throat> when when Punch first signed, there was no there was no one attribute about him that I thought this is what makes him stand out. And yet, every game he was playing well, and he was either scoring an important goal or you know um, protecting the ball really well. Uh, and I, yeah, I think you know, considering we signed we, we we signed him on loan, didn't we? And then I think we had to sign him permanently so we could get Wilf back on loan. Yeah, no, I think it was Tom um, Ince at that stage. Wilf, Tom Wilf Ince, okay, there you go. Window, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, you know, getting him in on loan and then signing him in permanently were both really good bits of business that have you know helped us no end in the in the following years. Yeah, and then of course, yeah, Warnock came in and nearly led led to him departing. Um, not really massively in favour under Warnock, but then. Um, <laughs> Then he, off the field again, he got into the fight outside the Alley Pally darts um, with Spurs fans who were taking the piss out of him about the penalty miss. And then, of course, um, on Pardew's first game at Sellers Park, first league game, Punch and scores the winner against Spurs uh, just a week later after you know the much talks about in the press argument that he had where he was offering people outside <laughs> Alley Pally out. And then, of course, a couple of years further down the line, he's... Um, what was the quote? It was said outside the nightclub when he took his belt off and tried to hit someone with it. Um, the bouncer took the belt off him and he said, you can keep it, buy a house with it. <laughs> Nothing like um, being smug about how much money you earn. And of course, free kick Jason Punchin as well, scored free kicks against big teams in Man City, Man United, and of course in Gerrard's final game at Liverpool, that beautiful reverse into the bottom corner. And now, Albert, you can talk about the Norwich goal. It's Punchin, it's beautiful. I don't remember it. <laughs> 
Yeah. And of course, then came the cup final, which, you know, will be the last goal that he ever scored for Palace. So um, it's just a terrible shame that it could be a winner. And, you know, Albert, you were touching it on there, the beautiful moment of hugging his mum and seeing how important that game was to everyone Palace related. And that's why it just hurts me so much more that we lost that game when you factor in that May United just didn't give two shits about it and sacked their manager a couple of days later. And for them, it was just another minor trophy. Straight win. after. Yeah, two days later. No, it was the same day. Was it the same they day? Sacked him, they sacked him that night. Oh, yeah, see, it's just, that's the, could, you, could you imagine? Like, Alan Pardew, if we'd won it, would probably have a statue of him doing that dance. It's funny how, because imagine if we would have held on, the dance would have been legendary and said now it's just, I don't know. When I see it on the train back to Watford, where obviously all the Man United fans were going, you could hear, <laughs> oh, oh, he's, oh, he's been sacked. And I... I thought I got really excited. I thought it was Pardew. <laughs> and it turned out it was the bloke that actually won the final. Oh, unbelievable. Well, so there you go. That's Jason Pungent. We obviously wish him well at Huddersfield. Do enough for them, mate, but not enough to keep him up. That well, you may say that I do like the Magic Brock Brewery when you go to Huddersfield away. I don't know. We'll see. But um, as long as it's not at the expense of us, um, good luck to you there. Uh, we're going to go away. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about Watford at last. <laughs> Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com. It's about to nine and a half as Zaha comes forward here for Crystal Palace. Takes it on. point is better than no points of course but it's still not enough to take Crystal Palace off the bottom should it stay like this only a win will do that Zaha and he's got the beating of Yaman now he's got it in what a turnaround this is for Crystal Palace Commentary there from the last time the two sides met at Sellers Park when Sako and MacArthur with the help of Wilfred Zaha's incredible assist but not an assist turned the game on its head in stoppage time um we'll start the preview off with jordan ayu and since we recorded last he has opened these palace accounts Mills getting bodies in the way and arnholt ayu has put it away his first goal for crystal palace 
and it could mean so much. It could be a telling contribution to the cause. Right, Heskiff, I'll start with you. Um, he was up at Wolves away when he tucked that in and sent people tumbling down the stairs in the away and um, all sorts of injuries happening. Um, is he now the answer, now that he's got two in two? Oh, my God. <laughs> Are we at that level already? Um uh, in the nicest possible way, if you're listening, Jordan, I'm sure you are. Um, I hope not. Um, I, I thought he played right against Wolves, actually. He wasn't brilliant. He was okay. It was um, a good goal. A lo- lovely touch to sort of kill the ball from PVA shot um, and, and a good finish. And, you know, people are saying, oh, maybe we were too harsh on him in the past and that. But I, I'm, I'm not too sure that we were, to be honest. Um, but... Yeah, like you said, him him scoring twice in two games, albeit one against Ten Man Grimsby. Um, we you know we hope it doesn't mean that we're just not going to bother with a striker now. <laughs> you know, saying well, Wickham's sort of back and Benteke's going to be back, and all, and IU scored two in two, so he's you know firing in all cylinders. Um, yeah, I, I still want to bring in a striker, please. Mm, yeah, I would say so. Um... Albert, we've seemed to be moving back to a 4-3-3 now, and that's how we set up against Grimsby and Wolves. Um, do you think a 3-3-3 probably suits him a little bit better, or do you still think you know that part of the game we're playing with his back to goal is going to lead him to struggle a bit in that in that formation? Um, I think he's going to struggle in whatever formation we play. Unfortunately, <laughs> bless him, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that. You know, I'm not solely putting the onus on him, but you know, he's not. Whether whether he's the 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 focal point of a front three or he's you know he's sort of the only striker and maybe it's Zaha next to him ish you know he's not you know he's not a line leader you know he's not he's not Connor Wickham who and I'm talking about Connor Wickham when he can actually like walk and do stuff like you know he's not going to win the headers he's not going to necessarily bring the ball down and and have the strength to bring other people into play you know we. You know, we've, we yes, he still he scored two goals, but how many times have we seen him struggle? Um, so I'm kind of with Sam. I don't I don't want Ayu to be the answer because I, I don't think he I don't think he is. But uh, you know, as an option, you know, we, we're we're light up front. One thing's for sure, we're not going to be bringing in two strikers in January. Um, even if we bring in one, we've got an unnamed striker who we haven't got yet. <laughs> we've got him. You got. Christian Benteke, no, nobody knows what's going to happen when he comes back. Connor Wickham's probably, you know, one one bad tackle away from going back in the treatment room. Sorloth, shock horror, has been shipped out on loan, and so you know it, it doesn't it doesn't take a, a lot of bad luck before you end up back with just are you as the only option. So you know we have to keep him in the mix. Um, but if he's the, if he's if he's the answer, then. I'm not sure I'm happy with the question. Do you think, um, Heskiff, that IU probably suits playing in that formation away from home more? You know, it was it was very fluid amongst the funks the front three in that game at Wolves um, between Zaha Townsend and IU. And do you think that sort of pace on the counter um, keeps teams a little bit more honest against us away from home? Yeah, I mean, he, he actually did better than I thought he would. Um against their centre-backs. But then, you know, the only other time really that I can think that he was all right was Huddersfield away and it was kind of a similar 
um, a similar thing. And, you know, if, if he does put the effort in and run around and at least chase balls down, you know, then every now and again you'll get something happen because of it. Um, and I think away from home, when we are looking good on the counter, then he's got motivation to do that. I think if if we were not having much of the ball at all and sort of a bit stunted, then he'd just give up, I reckon. So, um, yeah, having having Andros and Wilf sort of buzzing around near him probably pushes him on a little bit. Um, but, yeah, like I said, he's only had a couple of good games all season, so I don't think we should get too excited just yet. Yeah, obviously we've been talking about... Um... Connor Wickham being back and perhaps he might just be a little bit, um, you know, just one hard tackle away from an injury. But Heskiv, how do you think he's done since he's returned? Do you think he's, um, you know, do you see him starting games or do you do you think it's best to just perhaps even for as long as his season lasts, just keep giving him 15, 20 minutes to here and there? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I was <clears throat> thinking that he should start in the cup um, just to see how he gets on. Um, because, you know, I mean, even if they had 11 men Grisby and as well as they played, you know, I think it would be a decent workout for him without going over the top and being being too too stressful. Um, in the end, we played Surlot, who didn't do anything, and, and we loaned out. Um, obviously, you don't want to risk Connor because he's been out for so long and it was a really serious injury and his comeback sort of been stunted a couple of times already. Um, but then is he further along than Menteke? He is at the moment. So you would like him to get a bit more game time just in case. Um, I think the likelihood is he's not going to start for a while, um, if at all. But, you know, I, I like having him on the bench. I think he's a good option. He holds the ball up well when he's when he's fit and he, he does, you know, he's a powerful, powerful bloke, isn't he? So hopefully, yeah, the game time will grow and grow and, and, and he'll be more of a force come sort of the business end of the season. Mm, you say a powerful bloke. Um, Albert, he's definitely, definitely put on some muscles since he um, has been injured. He's he's come back a lot bigger, hasn't he? you're talking he? about me. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've put on a lot of um, Christmas muscle. Christmas muscle is my favourite. But yeah, it's a bit like when Connor, uh, when Wilfred Zaha got injured and was out for several weeks, and then you know, well, three months around that time, and then he just came back way, way bigger. Do you um, do you think Connor Wickham's just had to do that to sort of try and keep his body more, more in line and have muscles there to prevent his knees from giving out? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily remember Connor Wickham as sort of being, for want of a better word, gangly. He's always seemed a bit sort of. And I don't mean I don't mean heavy set in a in a horrible way, but yeah, he's definitely looks like he's been inflated somewhat. Uh, so yeah, I guess if you're, you know, if you're not if you're not able to do you know sort of you know f- football training and, and running, I guess you do have to do something else. And he's probably been pumping loads of iron. Or the only other thing I can think of is that he's been sitting home doing something else. But. <laughs> I've tried that and, it, and I didn't look like Conor Wickham, anything <laughs> like him, to be honest. Uh, well, he's had a baby in that time. Maybe it's just having to carry the baby around all the time that's made him made him muscly. Who knows? Um, obviously, a rare defeat earlier this season against Watford at Vicarage Road. Um, it's been a bit of a gravy train for us for many years, getting three points on many occasions down there. But obviously, that was the one game this season that Aaron won Bersaka missed and Pereira gave Joel Ward all sorts of problems. So, 
Um, how do you see this weekend going, Hesk, if with Wambasaka being back and we'll be marking uh, you know, their most potent threat going forward in Pereira? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident with Wambasaka marking anyone, to be honest. You know, we've seen him mark very, very good players out of the game. Um, he, had, he had a couple of games um, last month, I think it was last month, where he wasn't quite as good. Um, but then, you know, against against Man City, he absolutely hammered Sane. So, I mean, not not saying he's guaranteed to be amazing, but we he shouldn't and we certainly shouldn't have any fear of, of the opposition winger. Because I think, you know, if, if he doesn't win Player of the Year this year, I'd be very surprised, to be honest. So, um, and it's not really a slight on Wardy, you know, but Ward had to come in with no real game time at all and he was never the fastest player. So, um, yeah, I think... We should be pretty confident with Aaron uh, playing at fullback. Now, of course, the pantomime villain for Watford fans, as always, will be <laughs> Wilfred Zaha this weekend. Albert, you happy to see him back out wide left for a majority of the game time in the last few weeks? Um, obviously, winning the penalty at Wolves so it looks very, very dangerous in that game. Are you excited to see him skinning fullbacks once yeah, again? Yeah, whatever keeps him away from those horrible challenges in the middle of the park, like the away fixture at the start of the season, but... You know, as, as Troy Deeney has explained to the world, we all know they're going to take it in turns to to give him a wallop. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not one for um, conspiracy theories or like mass campaigning, but, you know, the world needs to be reminded of those comments that were made because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that nothing came of it last time. You know, a, a blatant admission of, you know, a, 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 you know, a pre- predetermined game plan of taking it in turns to to kick someone and foul them and you know I'd be stunned if it's not the same same on Saturday so I'm, I don't know who the ref is I'm sure you're going to tell us you know I hope the referee's got that in the back of his mind and you know isn't isn't afraid to to show the yellow card early because like I say it's, it's, it's premeditated Mm, well, um, Paul Doyle of The Guardian has written an article this evening um, talking about Zaha being accused of diving and how ridiculous it is and how much he's fouled and kicked all over the park. So um, Wilfred Zaha deserves protection, not these absurd accusations um, by Paul Doyle in The Guardian. So that's worth going to seek out. And in terms of who the referee is, um, I'm actually not sure. You got any clues, Heskiff? Alas, no. But I, I certainly, I, I definitely agree with Albert. He needs to be... Alas, no. Good ref. <laughs> Very good. We shipped him in. Um, no, I agree with Albert that, you know, you've got to be aware that... We, we all know that there are teams that, that kick Wilf, and I understand from their point of view why they do it. But for, to be so barefaced about it and come out and say it on radio, look, this is what our game plan is. And the challenge itself at Vicarage Road wasn't just like giving him a little nudge. It was a proper rake down the Achilles. It was... It was a very nasty challenge. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's, pun intended, stamped down on very early in the game. Yeah, that really could have been um, a nasty, nasty injury for him. But um, thankfully, nothing happened. And I'm sure Kapue will be on the end of a few boos as Sellers Park this weekend. Um, We'll finish that there. And when we come back, we are going to do predictions. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, um, (laughs) we have to think all the way back to Man City and congratulations to the 8% of you who voted for Roy of the Rovers or a Palace win at Man City, you mentalists. 
Uh, Albert, did you see 367 people on Super 6 predicted 3-2 to Palace? Uh, sounds like a great game. I'd like to watch that. <laughs> um, I have no idea uh, how. what are you thinking how can anyone be predicting 3-2 there but well done to you lot um, I've asked for some listener predictions this week so let's see what we've got going on here um, we've got a board draw nil-nil from Norman Brody. Navis tweeting has gone nil-one Watford a Dini penalty following a dive by Takure um optimistic there uh nathan jones has gone 2-0 palace both goals for wilf dr of this parish has said 1-0 palace and rob leonard says 1-0 palace with max meyer to break his duck um albert how are you feeling about this one positive against your uh, newly hometown team uh yeah i got a good feeling about this one actually i mean sadly troy deaney's found a, a little bit of form so he's probably going to score and give it the large. Uh, that's something I'm mentally prepared for, if only because I'm taking taking my son and he's only four, so I have to go. I have to be a bit more zen, shall we say? Uh, but I think I think we'll um, I think we're going to nick it, and I, I think it'll be quite a convincing performance. And I think we'll nick, we'll do him three one. Three one. That's very optimistic. Um, what about you, Good Heskiff? Um, well, before I get into my match prediction. I've just got breaking news that probably no one's going to care about. But whilst we're recording, my mate Andrea, who is Serbian and loves Luca and also supports Palace, um, has just told me that her boyfriend proposed to her and she said yes. Hooray. So my prediction is they will have a lovely, happy life together. And that's as positive it's going to get because I hate Watford. And as I've mentioned before, I hate teams that wear yellow as their home colour. I think it's a disgrace. And because it will wind me up, I don't think we'll beat him. Um, I, I hadn't gone through the whole range of emotions there. I know this is it's like a soap opera, isn't it? This pod. Um, I reckon uh, I hadn't even thought about it. Let's say one one. Yeah, one one. Well, um, even your wedding prediction is probably wrong because fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. So, um, good good luck, Andrea. (laughs) No, obviously, best wishes to you both, and um, congratulations on your engagement. Uh, my one word of advice is enjoy the little bubble that you're in at the moment. Enjoy it. It's it's a beautiful time. So um, make sure you spend a lot of time together and have fun. Oh, that's quite nice. What has happened here? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Right. I'm um, I'm going 2-0 Palace this weekend. Um, I think Wilf and Luca will score the goals. Um yeah, I don't think Dini and all them lot are going to be able to bully our centre-backs like they do other centre-backs. So I think Tompkins and Sacco are in good form at the moment. wan is looking good. Patrick Van Arnold started to pick up again in the last couple of weeks. So yes, 2-0 Palace. We're going to go away and then we'll be back to say goodbye. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, yeah, that's it this week. I have no idea what's going on elsewhere. I assume on Sunday there will be a review show as usual. Um, Albert, you're bringing your child to the game on Saturday. Uh, Excited? I am excited, although um, we've just found out that uh, baby number two is also going to be a boy. So I'm I'm trying to, you know, it's going to be costly, this taking the kids to the palace (laughs) thing. Girls, um, girls can come to football, Albert. 
Yeah, I know, but I was hoping if it was, you know, if it was a girl, I could have said to Joe, well, there you go. There's a United <laughs> fan. We've got one of each. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think they're going to want to go together. So I'm sort of, you know, and the, the seats are pretty crap where I am. There's not much availability. So I'm, I'll, I'll probably spend half the uh, the game thinking about that, which might which might be all right. In 2038, your kids are going to listen back to this and be like, "You're a disgrace, Dad, with your gender stereotypes." Um, so <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure these won't even be on the internet by that time. Uh, will the internet exist in 2038? Who knows? Yes. I tell you what is a disgrace. My bless him. He, he does like going to football. He does like Crystal Palace, and he does want Wilf to come over for a sleepover, which I'm all for. I think it'd be a great night. Um, but when I said to Arthur, because we obviously live in Watford, when I said to Arthur, "We're going to the football on Saturday." And he said, who are we playing? And I said, Watford. Now, obviously, he knows what Watford is because we live there. He said, I want Watford to win. And I didn't know how to react, to be honest. Um, well, because it's a bit of a dilemma. You, sh- you know, support your local team. What do you think? I'm just I'm just Googling social services. I'll give you the phone number. Give I Googled adoption one. agencies. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I wouldn't blame you, to be honest. You might as well... Turn him over, give him to the wife as a United fan and start on the new one afresh. <laughs> yeah, that might be sound <laughs> advice, actually. Right, guys, thank you so much for joining. And um, we will be back next week to pre- preview our trip to Liverpool um, Thursday night as usual. So look out for your inboxes on Friday when hopefully we'll get back to winning ways at Anfield. But until next time, up the Palace. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.